Hello and welcome to Chasing Jillaroos. My name is Big T, but more importantly, it's Mary Kay. Welcome, Mary. It's never more importantly, Big <laughs> T, but uh, it's good to be with you as always. We have that argument every week. <laughs> and just very, very briefly, how was uh, doing last week's episode with Mike? Yeah, it was good. Look, he's a bit of a different host to you, Big T, and I'm definitely not playing favourites between the two of you. Let's just say there was a little bit more Super League content that I'm used to, but I hope everyone enjoyed the episode and a big thanks to Mike for jumping in so that I wasn't um, deprived of my opportunity to talk about NRLW for a week. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, And how has your week been? How honest do you want me to be, Big T? Oh, well, we love we love your candor, Mary Kay. You tell us how you're really feeling. Uh, so, Big T, I'm a big lover of sport, always have been, and I'm part of a group of women that, you know, work for free largely to cover the sports that we love so much, particularly when it comes to women's sports. And that's by no means exhaustive to gender. Big T, I know you do plenty of work. The Chasing Kangaroos friends all do plenty of work. Um, But there's a big group of us very passionate about women's sport. And just to hear the news and the way a female colleague was treated last week, Mm. uh, I'm not going to name her. You'll all know exactly who I'm talking about. But the fact that there was beef between two males and then a female was just used as collateral damage This made me feel really, really sick, Big T. And I think there's sort of two issues when you look at it. There'll be people saying, well, that was a private group chat. It shouldn't have been shared. I agree with that to some extent. But the reality is that the comments were still made by a male that is considered to be that woman's colleague. That information was not his to share about the colleague in question. And to see her just used as collateral damage with no care, thought or consideration, uh, I found really hard. And I suppose for a lot of women in the industry, you wonder whether workplaces are safe. Mm. And additionally, Big T, you just think about, you know, so many women work in this industry and want to be taken seriously because they are good, talented, hardworking women. Are these the sorts of things that are being said about us when we're not in the room? Hmm. I'm not sure I would accept the argument about it was a private chat. I think um, if you're going to say something like that, if you're going to talk in any chat, you've got to be very aware that all of your comments and, and, and statements have consequences, whether, whether they're seen by the entire world or by people that you don't know from that chat. I think if you're going to say something like that, then you've also got to understand that other people are going to see it because... If uh, or hear it because if if they had said something, oh, for example, that in, in a, like a 1950s, 60s thing, that, it feels like the kind of vibe when we had like what happens in the home stays in the home. Like that's a, what happens behind closed doors is none of my business. That's a private thing, and that's you know been blown out of the water. And I feel like this is the same thing. You can't if you're going to be horrible within a community of people, even if it you think it's private to some degree, that horribleness will eventually. Um, come out and if you don't want to stand by those comments and you shouldn't have said them in the first place if someone's also screen recording that and showing everyone they also knew that that was a horrible thing you know what i mean like Mm. the actions Mm. the actions of the people in the group also identified this as gross and shared it because they wanted that grossness to be um for that person to you know pay justice or whatever but as you said the 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 innocent people in this get the real collateral damage which is the saddest part absolutely and i think big t um The other problem that I have is the way that the people were speaking to each other in that group chat. 
and we talk about the comments apparently being private, no one was standing up for the woman that was being spoken about in a derogatory, patronizing, sexualized sort of way. It was all, you know, jokes amongst the boys. And if you're someone out there that thinks that that's appropriate locker room chat or it is just boys being boys, uh, then I think you really need to sit down, have a think about it, and perhaps engage with people that are actually impacted by the behavior because it's just not okay, Big T. And I suppose there are a lot of women over the weekend calling out this behavior, but I think there are a lot of women out there that are just really tired of having to call it out and are looking to our male colleagues and our male friends to start being the champions of change that we need them to be. Yeah, well said. Okay, now moving on to something though slightly more positive because there were great things that happened in women's sport. Is this, was this the best NRLW round produced so far? No, because Parramatta lost. No, I'm joking. <laughs> uh, yes, it absolutely was, Big T. And if I think about the three new teams that have come in, I have to say that I think they've played extremely well. The quality of the competition has been exceptional. And given the news we had late last week, I have no concern about the talent coming through in this competition. It was just such an exciting weekend. And, I mean, it was almost like serendipitous that we got that great news that I think you were alluding to then about the expansion. And then the following weekend, we, we have such incredible games. I mean, do you have any, tell us your first initial thoughts about the expansion news. Yeah. So I'm really, really excited, Big T. I think my concern when we expanded last time was that there wasn't a lot of time left between the announcement about the expansion and when the new teams were set to start on the field. I think they only had a couple of months to not only recruit, but to make sure that those women were well supported enough to take the field. This time, we've got a really long lead in time. So not only will we have the NRLW for 2022 play, but we'll have 18 months before the next two teams enter the competition. And then another 12 months after that, we'll have the next two teams enter. Now, my big thing is it's all about depth, not width. And I think it's really important that when we think about expansion, we look towards expanding to markets that have pathways that we're not really tapping into yet. So the teams that I think might come in next are like North Queensland, perhaps the Raiders, um, you know, maybe Melbourne. I'm not sure what the likes of their pathway looks down there, perhaps even the Warriors. And one other little, you know, bit of information that I'd like to throw out here so that we can get the murmurs and the whispers going Uh is that just because uh, I don't think that all NRL clubs need to have an NRLW team. If you were to start the NRL from scratch right now, you absolutely wouldn't have as many Sydney teams as we do now. So I don't see why we need to follow that model for the NRLW. And potentially, like, we could be creative. Like, why couldn't the North Sydney Bears have a women's competition, a women's team, not a women's competition, a women's team? (laughs) Mm, I see where you're going with that. That's excellent because then those, they're already quite a strong club. They've got their pathway, as you said. Uh, then all of that history and love and, and, and cultural romance that they've been building for since, since foundation is then brought into a new era. That's a really clever idea. I love it. Yeah, I'm glad. Um, let's just get the whispers going, chasing kangaroos yeah. and chasing Jillaroo's family. North mm. Sydney to be included eventually. 
And I would love to see two Melbourne teams. Like I'd love to maybe see if they have, if they have, I think they do have a women's competition down there. I don't know how strong it is. Um, but like, I would love to see that, like, or, or an Adelaide team, all these markets that mm. we used to be in or that we're not in now. Um, that would be great because then you're getting rugby league into that area. Uh, yeah, no, I, I'm with you. I, I, I definitely think it shouldn't just be the NRL 2.0. I think it definitely, um, the NRLM will have its unique teams and eventually the NRLW will also have its unique teams. I think that's smart. And if we think big T about how many players we've seen this year that we've absolutely adored watching and getting to know, there's a bunch of new players we haven't seen before. Imagine yeah. what we'll see in 18 months' time. So, like, Rachel Pearson's a wonderful example. She's been playing so well for the St. George Illawarra Dragons. This is the first time most of us have seen her. Mm. Can, we, can we amalgamate? I know David Hunter's talked a lot about this on Twitter. It might be too late now, but could we amalgamate teams that now exist? For example, we turn Parramatta into a a mega West team that has like the Panthers, the Tigers, and the Eels as pathways into, you know, like a new juggernaut team, like the the Jungle Cats or something like that. <laughs> what I would say, Big T, is I don't think there's anything to prevent clubs from talking to each other about those sorts of arrangements. Yeah. But you would want to make sure that the clubs are absolutely clear on roles and responsibilities. Mm. Um, We've seen what happens when clubs merge. Sometimes there are challenges associated with that. Mm. And I just want to make sure that we avoided that, particularly when it came to my baby, which is the NRLW. <laughs> yeah. And, and the one thing that I love about uh, a generation of people who have double barrel names, and you're more than welcome, mm. so I have no problem with it. But I always just imagined when I was a teenager in early 20, if those people with double barrel names don't marry someone with double barrel names, kids... <laughs> Do the kids have four? And so if the West Tigers end up merging, like that's a double barrel merge into another merge. So, that, you know, it's merging. Yes. But I can't, I'm now starting to get worried about how the West Tigers are ever going to get in there because with four teams and I want expansion, I also don't want it in Sydney. So I'm really worried. I'm in two brains of um, I want West Tigers to have one. Personally, I want one. And then obviously professionally, I don't. So I'm just living with I that. Totally, daily struggle. I totally get it, Big T. I totally get it. Just because... Look, they may decide to include another Sydney team. It's definitely not out. I'm just not sure that the next four should be from Sydney teams. So yeah. that doesn't mean, for example, that we can't have another two Sydney teams. I just wouldn't have as many as we do now. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I just don't. Yeah. It would be great because the NRLM team is just, you know, always in so many oh. dire straits. It would be amazing if I could have a team that was really successful. Anyway, uh, speaking of success, let's get into this weekend because it was so frigging good. Mm -hmm. The first game was so exciting. It was the first um, Queensland derby that we had. The Titans played the Broncos uh, at Seabass Stadium in the Gold Coast on the Saturday. <clears throat> Five tries apiece. Uh, the, the ones for the Titans were to Stephanie Hancock, uh, Paletti, Shania Power. It was Jasmine Peters who got a double. Uh, Brianna Clark kicked two. And then Kimora Braley Nati also kicked one. And then Brianna Clark clicked, kicked the Penalty winning goal for the Broncos had uh, Hagiga Mosby, Chelsea, or can you say Chelsea's last name? Because you actually say it beautifully. Chelsea Lenarduzzi. Yeah, see, I say Lenarduzzi with too much of an Australian. Even, and I speak Italian Lena quite doozy. well. But it's the doozy, <laughs> yeah. I say it like it's a whoopsie doozy. But anyway, I just love the way you say it. Uh, Caitlin Phillips, Shania Sazolka, and Taryn Aiken. Lauren Brown was three from five. 
I mean, I didn't get to watch this live. I was watching it on social media, um, which, by the way, the NRL social media, NRLW social media is phenomenal. Um, but mm-hmm. also the groundswell of just normal people talking about it during game time has exploded from last year or from the 2020 season to the 2021 season. The amount of people just naturally talking about it on Twitter is probably ninefold. Um, so it's easy for me to now follow a game when I'm not able to actually sit down and watch it. Incredible, like hand sweaty, couldn't believe, constantly updating, <laughs> so exciting. Tell me what you, how you were feeling while you're watching this. Oh, Big T, it was such a great game. So it finished 28-26. The Titans becoming just the second team in NRLW history to beat Brisbane. <laughs> this is the first time since round three, 2019, that the Amazing. Broncos have been beaten. We saw the Broncos play the Dragons last week and we were talking about how close the Dragons came and how at times the Broncos looked a bit shaky. This was the birth, Big T, of a really special rivalry. I loved every single minute of it. And what a moment. For, you would say the little sister in the big in the in. You would say the little sister being the Gold Coast Titans toppling the big sister in the Brisbane Broncos. Mm. It was just, the thing that I found the most amazing is it wasn't necessarily comeback. It was, it was just impossible nearly to tell who was going to win. The entire game, it felt like it was up in the air. I just, it, even, yeah. It was just so close the whole way, you know, punch for punch, the teams were going at each other. I couldn't take my eyes off the screen. Avania Polite was incredible again. She's just been such a joy to watch. And hopefully as the competition continues to expand, we can steal more sevens players. She actually switched <laughs> from fullback to the centres. She ran 114 metres and had four tackle breaks. Incredible. Yeah. The other thing that I loved about her was the try that she scored um, early on is like she's backing up on a play and the determination and body sprinty power muscle extremeness of her like just shooting past people other support players and other defenders was so inspiring i watched it two or three times just because i loved watching that human like just will herself to be faster than everyone else and when she caught the ball the the brisbane person chasing her almost caught her but it just felt like there was nothing that was unless she had decided she was going to stop nothing in that world was going to slow her down or stop her. it was just so incredible she's such a great um football player to watch um, but I want to talk to you about the last try. So the Titans' last try, another one that I've watched a thousand times. They're going, <laughs> they're going out wide. It comes to the fullback. Sorry, the winger runs out of space, throws it back inside, and and probably any other Broncos game that doesn't come off, but it tips off a Bronco into a Titan, falling over the line, like just absolute scenes uh, when Peter scored that try. They sure were. And Jasmine had just the best game. Three line breaks, five tackle breaks for the Titans. I just wonder, Big T, what happened in the, you know, in Titans training this week? Because they were up for this game. I wonder whether it was conversation about the rivalry. I wonder if it was, you know, making the finals that were spurring them on. But they really tested the Broncos and showed that the Broncos can be beaten this season. Yeah. That's a real rivalry, and you're right, and it's happened at the perfect time, the perfect end of the season where the Titans are trying to make a run, and everyone's now really starting to see the Broncos as, as not invincible after the Dragons game in this game. Uh, now, I, I know you're tentative about getting on to the next game. Is there anything else you want to say about the <laughs> Queensland derby before we get there? 
It was the most points ever scored in an NRLW match. So were you not entertained, Big T? <laughs> that is one hell of a stat, Mary Kay. And you want to try and tell me at the beginning of the show that one person's not more important than the other. You can get in the room. <laughs> that was excellent. <laughs> you just paid, just paid for yourself in one stat. Uh, okay. <clears throat> Second game uh, of the round, Sunday the 20th. It was like edge of your seat stuff in this mm-hmm. game as well. So entertaining. This one was, this one was at McDonald's Jones Stadium. Newcastle was the first of double header. Roosters ended up being the Eels 19-18. Eels had Abby Church, Christian Pio, and Tiana, Tiana uh, Petitani, who well, we'll, get to, we'll get to the thing in a second. It was just an incredible try. Matty Stutton was 3-3. Three three. Um, and missed a field goal or two, maybe. Uh, and then the Roosters. Or three. Had, or three. <laughs> uh, Brady Parker, Mima Hill Mo- oh, Moana, Mima Hill Moana, and Sarah Togatuki. Zara Tamara was three from three and nailed the uh, field goal. So, I mean, talk to, me about, talk to me about as much of this game as you can, and I'll try and do the last bit. All right. Before we do that, Big T, I just want to do a spotlight on one of the Parramatta Eels players. I read a great story by Alicia Newton on NRL.com this week about Shirley Mylungi. So oh. Shirley plays for the Parramatta Eels NRLW teams. Shirley's mother's brother is John Hopawade. Oh, so wow. that means Shirley is first cousins with Will, Albert and Jamil. She started playing rugby league when she was six and played all the way up to 12, where we know there's challenges or there were challenges with the pathway in the past. She then switched to rugby union and then came back to footy through the Bulldogs and the Bunnies in the Harvey Norman Women's Premiership and was one of three players that Dean Witters brought over from South to Parramatta. Uh, She is juggling her footy whilst conducting rapid antigen tests for Coles workers in Sydney and often her days start at 4am, Big T. Incredible. Uh, yeah. So frontline of the medical world and, yes. then, and then frontline in the defensive pack. Correct. The Eels. Unbelievable. Correct. Um, uh, for the game, Big T, the game. Particularly, I'm going to say. Particularly Penatani's try. Like that was like crescendo to that. What a try. Absolutely. What a try. I'm going to say, Big T, though, I think the difference in these two teams and in this game was the kicking games of Zahara Tamara and Maddie Studden. Mm-hmm. Now, I thought both controlled the game really well, but Zahara Tamara has a bigger boot on her than Maddie Studden. And I think you sort of saw that in the last five minutes of the game when Maddie was going for the big, long-range field goals and coming up just short, while the Roosters sort of really focused on getting that field position and Zahara Tamara had the opportunity to nail it. But I think, Big T, the Roosters have come along in leaps and bounds in the last two weeks. This is more the sort of footy that I was expecting from them. Even with just Sergis out of the lineup, they look dangerous, particularly Isabel Kelly. Mm. And I was on the edge of my seat. I really was. There was one point in it. The Eels won by one point in round one. They lost by one point in this round. (laughs) Uh, Just a thrilling contest all round. So when I watched this game, uh, it was I think I think the Roosters didn't get didn't score on one end, and then the Eels went down the other end. And and Tiana's try was so well worked, and the line was so perfect. Maddie's timing of the pass was so excellent. Mm. Just all of it was poetry. And, and Gus spent the next three or four minutes <laughs> waxing lyrical about how great the play was and how he'd seen it a thousand times in the man like great second roles running great lines in in all the NRLM games he just commentated. 
And here it was perfectly done in this NRLW one. And I know he wasn't trying to sound patronizing. I think by the end he probably accidentally did. But it was <laughs> it was a beautiful play. And I thought the game was done. I thought that was it. They just saved a try down the other end. Uh, they just scored this perfect try down this end and we were done. I think they were only up by six, maybe an 18, um, 18, 12 at the time. But did you also get that feeling? Because, I mean, the Roosters have, as you said, they've gotten better and you're being very modest. But they they haven't been super strong this season and i think the eels are are a better team generally are you happy to accept all of that uh am i happy to accept that so shout out to alicia newton again i was doing some reading up before this game the roosters had Parramatta covered for line breaks in this season the roosters had 15 Parramatta seven the tricolours post contact meters one thousand two hundred and fifty nine, and more than the eels. Um, and Isabel Kelly and Yasmin Meeks are in the NRL's top five for post contact after three rounds. I think my experience with this eels NRLW team is that at times we lack polish, and I feel like that's let us down a couple of times. And it's not unexpected given how new this team is. Yeah, okay. Yep. Actually, that's probably something I hadn't thought of until you just pointed it out. I kind of forgot that the Eels um, are new this year because the, the Eels and the Titans are just doing such a playing mm, so well that, that I've kind of forgot. I keep excusing the Knights with that excuse, but I, I forgot that the Eels uh, and <sighs> get, get that pass mark for that. Well, anyway, I, I forgot during this game, really until you told me now that they're um, – that they're the, the younger team and that they probably that they not that they don't deserve but it is remarkable what they're doing and the polish does come back to that you're right it's the lack of of time spent together so anyway i was i was surprised with this i was amazed by it. It was such a great game of football and and it was great also zara's kick and then extreme attitude once it i think she did the turn away before it had even been given like she was just so pumped um, and just so, like, I've got this game, like, everyone on my back, I'm taking us to the to the W. It was mm-hmm. a fiery moment. I, I mean, it must have, I don't know how you saw it, but I, as a neutral, I was thoroughly enjoying that moment. And as you should, Big T, we need moments like that in the game. Yeah. I suppose for me, Big T, by that point, the Parramatta Eels men had lost, the women had lost. I should have, you know, my 33 years of supporting this team <laughs> should have prepared me for two losses in one weekend. I was not ready. No. I was not ready. To anyone who wants a women's team, just think carefully about how you feel when you watch the men play and ask yourself, do I want to go through that twice in a weekend? Yeah. Okay, well, <clears throat> let that transition us beautifully to the next game because, of course, my team in the NRLW is the Knights and I had to watch them oh. get absolutely pumped before them. My NRLW, my NRL M team then got absolutely pumped. So it was a fantastic Sunday afternoon for me with my family. Um, so the final game of the round was the the of the double header. Sorry, was and the, of the round was for the beautiful, loving rugby league, loving people of Newcastle who got a double header at home. The Knights were four, the Dragons were forty, um, and so the Knights' only try was to Autumn Rain Stephens Daly, which is at the moment my favourite name in the NRLW, and it is mm-hmm. it's an incredible contest. But Autumn Rain Stephens Daly is definitely up there. Uh, but the Dragons had tries to Paige McGregor, Tegan Berry, Madison Bartlett got a double. Emma, or sorry, in a row. Then Emma Tongato got one. Tegan Berry again. Jamie Chapman. Jamie Chapman. Emma Tongato, which actually means that Paul Page McGregor was the only dragon that scored that day, who then didn't end up with a double, um, which, is, 
which is the only Mary Kay-esque stat that I can bring from that game. How did you, did you get to watch that game? Did you watch it live? What, what, what's your vibe? Yeah, watched it live, Big T. Yeah. Um, oh, what I want to say is that this scoreline doesn't reflect the Newcastle Knights. And I think back to their first game against Parramatta, losing by one point. I wonder if the, the result had been reversed that day, what their season would have done because they're sitting winless at the moment. I don't think that reflects what they've done this season and I felt for them. But on the other hand, Big T, the Dragons are fire mm. and this weekend has just absolutely blown my mind when it comes to the ladder and we'll get to that at the end of the game. Yeah, yeah. But Big T, can I do another spotlight on a player? Please. <laughs> I'm loving these. All right. I'm glad. Okay, Phoebe Desmond, 31 years old, made her debut in the NRLW this year and it's the highest form of football she's ever played. Phoebe is someone that's had her fair share of injuries. In 2018, she had her second serious knee injury in the space of two years, but the time in rehab allowed her to focus and bring her passion to coaching. So not only is she super passionate about coaching, but at 31, she's gotten her opportunity in the NRLW. And I've just loved watching her. I think you bring up her age, I was just about to do that too, is actually the thing that's making my heart sing the most because to be 31 and to be now on national television representing, mm. and she's from, I think she's from the area as well. So yes. that's oh, so heartwarming to see that happen. Her, the whole community, her family, I can just imagine it would just be so um, so incredible doing that, particularly in such a rugby league-loving situation as that. Um I, I completely agree about the Dragons being like fire. I think that's a perfect analogy because mm. the crazy thing is Holly Wheeler was one from nine. She got a penalty goal, but she was yeah. one from nine conversion. So this game could have been in the 50s. Um, Correct. And that's, I know it sounds terrible for the Knights, but it also kind of mildly legitimizes the NRLW even more because we needed teams other than the Broncos to be absolutely blowing teams out. That's a, that's a normal thing that happens in, in normal sports. And now it's happening in this fantastic league as well. So when a team is this good and the Dragons this year are this good, um, they should be putting their team away that's that's in their first year. A lot a lot of their key players are, are, have COVID or injured or whatever. So they should be getting smashed. And, and it's great to see that the Dragons have not just the ability to, but also the like mentality to, to just keep going. Because they scored so many tries on both sides of the half. They never... They never stopped. So that was exciting. I did give up. I'm not going to lie to you. I stopped watching it because I knew that the Tigers game was coming. We were probably going to get pumped. So when they were the oh. first, when the Dragons scored first in the second half, I was like, oh, I'm going to go and spend some time with my family. <laughs> but uh, I think I think it's great because I really like the Dragons, um, which leads me to my last one. Are they the real deal? Like, is this really now coming down to Dragons Brisbane? Like, is that, or do you think it's now possibly even the Dragons competition to lose? Big T, honestly, I have no idea what's going on. I really don't. So this weekend, Newcastle play the Titans. I don't want Newcastle to come away winless, but the Titans have just beaten the Broncos. So you would put your money on the Titans, but nothing is a sure thing in this competition. The Dragons play the Roosters. We've seen the Roosters continue to improve. Jess Sergis is likely to return for this game. And I'm looking forward to an exciting contest between them. And then Parramatta play the Broncos, which I'm not feeling super confident about because I don't like an angry Ali Brigginshaw. <laughs> so 
The dragons sit on top of the ladder at the moment, Big T, but I honestly don't know what's going to happen. And you know what? I love my pal Alicia at NRL.com. I just keep shouting out to her tonight because she is, I think, the best writer on the women's game in the country at the moment. So shout out, Alicia. Uh, Keep an eye out for her piece on Wednesday because that's going to set out the various machinations that the ladder can take. Because Big T at the moment, I think we've got five teams in play for four spots and Parramatta could miss out completely, which is just its causing me to stay awake at night. Oh, shit. Is that true? Of course, because they've they've won two uh, and lost two. Yeah, so they're they're tied with the Titans. The Roosters have also won two. Yeah, I can see that now. Far out. I didn't see that it went that deep. You're right. You're right. Oy, oy, oy. Yeah, yeah. So, it's okay. oy vey this weekend. <laughs> yeah, okay. Because uh, obviously the Broncos-Eels is the game of the round. It, it's also the last game of the round. So that's exciting that we're, we're waiting entire time for that. I can definitely see the Titans being new and maybe... I didn't realize that they could they could drop out, but I think they'll be up for a game. If they if there's a opportunity where they wouldn't make the finals and they're in the finals now, I think they're going to put the Knights away, as, as sad as it is for me to say. So it all really does come down to then the first game with the Dragons and Roosters, because if they can, if if they're on the build, like you're saying, they can get an upset there, that's going to like completely scuttle the entire next two games. Like everyone is then on notice if the Dragons, sorry, if the Roosters Jaguar win over the Dragons. Because they're definitely in, right? And the Broncos are definitely in. And then yes. those three spots, yes. yeah, far out. So the Roosters win game one. It's it's a hell of a round. It is. And I think this is part of the joy, but also the sadness of this competition in that, like, for example, a team like the Roosters have improved out of sight the last two weeks, but this could be their last game this weekend. This could be Parramatta's last game this weekend. I'm not ready for that to happen, Big T. So, um, yeah. yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be a big weekend, and I'm I'm glad in a way that it's coming down to this last round because the competition's been exceptional. Yeah. And yeah, if there were four dominant teams and two that had struggled, it probably wouldn't have been as exciting as it's been. And the other thing that that has been a, a problem that people have pointed out, people who didn't, who necessarily weren't super excited about. NRLW were in the first season or second season, often the last game of the round um, almost was superfluous. Like I think one year the Roosters even lost to the Broncos and then they played them the next weekend on the grand mm. final. And it felt, it did feel a little off step or it didn't, it didn't kind of feel as, as, as powerful as this certainly does um, where this is a real competition with real contenders and, and a lot of question marks to see who goes through. Let's just, Let's say the Eels, for you, let they streak through, they make the grand final. Who? Oh, the like, grand final. We're, yeah, we're yeah, skipping yeah. the semis, yeah, aren't we? No, wow, you're doing, okay. You're there. You're there. I mean, because it's your team. I, I mean, if the Tigers are in this, I'd be doing the same thing. So they're in the grand <sighs> final. Do, it comes down to a game then, let's just say, between the Broncos and the Dragons. In your heart of hearts right now, can, that ha- like, can the Dragons make that happen? Can it be a Dragons-Eels grand final? Absolutely. Absolutely. I absolutely don't see why not. And I mean, Big T, if we play it out and say it, it ends up falling that. You play Brisbane first. You play Brisbane and yeah, the Dragons like, play the Titans. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So Parramatta could finish fourth, the Broncos could finish first, and we see the same game two weeks in a row. Or Parramatta miss out completely and the Roosters still that full spot. Yeah, hold on. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Hold on. Is it possible? And I know that we should really just wait until your mate Alicia does medical <laughs> on Wednesday. But is it possible? Now you're for and against is too crazy. If you thrash the Broncos by 
40. Is there a chance the Broncos don't make the finals at all? No, I don't they've think got, so, Big T. So I think the Broncos they've got three and the Titans are – I think Because oh. if the Titans Maybe. Win, the Titans win, everyone ends up on the same amount of wins. Do you Dragon. see what I'm talking about? Yeah. My brain can't handle yeah, this. Yeah, I really need Alicia. And I've just realised how incredibly excited I am about the Broncos not being in the grand final. I now have three teams. Well, the Roosters. I've now got four teams that I'm going for. Um, everyone but the Broncos. And this is great. This is exciting for me. I'm glad you're excited, Big T, because I'm a nervous wreck. <laughs> but if this is the Parramatta Reels last game, then I look forward to talking to you about it on Monday and just reveling in how much joy this team has brought me. And I suppose, Big T, that's the other thing. It's changed my relationship with the men's team. Like the men's team is still my ride or die. They always will be. I haven't been super impressed with them in the opening two rounds, but after that loss to the Sharks, I was like, these dudes have another 20 rounds to work it out. Yeah. For the women, like it's must win. And I was, I was really shattered after the women lost to the Roosters. It was a great game and I was happy for the Roosters, but yeah, the consequences are just so real and we see it coming down to this weekend. Who knows what the ladder could look like? It could be Dragons, Broncos, Titans, Eels. It could be Broncos, Dragons, Eels, Titans. It could be Dragons, Broncos, Titans, Roosters. Insane. It can't be not so, which is a real shame. But it's it feels like oh. speed. It feels like speed chess, which is um an amazing an amazing version of chess that I'm now enjoying through a TV show. So this is uh, I'm now living that now through rugby league. <laughs> Mary, this has been an absolute pleasure as always. Big T, I'm going to miss it. We've got three episodes left to go, I think. Oh, shit. I didn't think of that either. Don't say that. I don't want to hear about that. I was getting just so excited about Brisbane not being in it. Now you're reminding me we've only got three more episodes left. Oh, it's just it's been a joy. And um, yeah, I've loved every minute of it. Don't no, go, that, NRLW. <laughs> so we're, not saying, we're not saying goodbye yet. We've still got some. Come on. <clears throat> if you're listening to this and you're also getting miserable thinking about our eulogies, we thank you for getting all the way to the uh, end of this episode. Please interact with us on Twitter or on Insta at NRLW. You can find Mary at Ladies Who League and you can find me at The Biggest Tiger. And, of course, if you just go to anything that Alicia Newton writes or tweets, I'm sure Lady of, Ladies Who League will be in the comments underneath so you can find her that way. Uh, and of course, the podcast show at Chasing Ruse Pod.